Welcome to the podcast. Come be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Branion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Okay, Carl, I hope you're enjoying the Super Bowl today. It's not today. Sure it is. Didn't we have this discussion last time? <laughs> How we're just supposed to say whatever's going on. So we, Carl, I hope you're, I hope you're enjoying the Super Bowl today. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, we're recording this on those who laugh. Can you position was? But I just remembered. Right. Your position yes. is that we're supposed to talk about whatever. It's currently happening, and we're not supposed to pretend like it's actually Monday when Carl is hearing this. Right. We're supposed to be oblivious. Tomorrow is Monday. Right. Today is Sunday. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs and the somebodies are going to (laughs) play in a few hours. Right? That's right. Is that right, Luke? The Chiefs and the somebodies? That is correct. See? (laughs) Kickoff's at 6.30. I know, because that's when my soup needs to be ready. Look at my microphone. I see. Why does it keep... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to say anything. It just wants to give up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have any more will to live. Up again in the flesh tomorrow. Shove it in a little farther. It's like top heavy. We were, uh, okay. we were talking about Tuesdays with Taylor, Luke, before you came in. It was a thing I read. There's a school uh, somewhere that's or a church somewhere that's doing a Bible study. It's a group <laughs> of Christians that get together and they talk about... They read the scripture and how it aligns with the lyrics from Taylor Swift songs. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I guess I don't have a problem with the premise, provided that they're actually like, hey, this is where it doesn't align with scripture. Yeah, I don't I don't know well. anything about it other than that's the thing. But, yeah, there, there, uh, there are a group of... Uh, there's a group of people that think that cultural relevance means... Um, building sermons around movies and mm-hmm. uh, and having, you know, Taylor Swift-themed Super Bowl uh, services at the church and all that kind of stuff. That's how, you, okay, but, that's how you're culturally relevant. But I do believe that we are doing a terrible job of preparing Christians for real life and, you know, applying their scripture, scriptural knowledge in... To Taylor Swift songs. Well, yeah, or any song. Right. Like recently, I think I shared this already... A few weeks back, um, my son was singing an Imagine Dragons song, Believer. And it basically it starts off with, I'm going to say all the words inside my head, and I'm fired up and tired up and tired of and blah, 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 blah. Like, it's just like a rant. It's a personal, hey, I'm an awesome person. You got to listen up and, you know, listen to me. But right. he, goes, he goes on to say, I'm the one at the sale. I'm the master of my sea. I'm the one at the sale. I'm the master of my sea. And so right. I just asked Colin, is that true? Are we the masters of our the own master sea? Of our sea? Said, and what did Colin say? At- he said, no. And I said, well, who's in charge? And he goes, God. And I said, well, why did this guy say he's the one in charge? And he goes, it's a bad song. And he was like, 
He was a little bit outraged that I had allowed him to listen to it that long. How could you allow your son to listen to this? And I said, well, you know, it's a pretty catchy song, don't you think? I, I kind of find it, I find it, find it catchy and fun to listen to, but I said it's important to listen to what they're saying, too, and make sure right. that you think about it. And I said, just as long as you know that what he's saying isn't true then we can probably listen to it and just kind you of find out. You could probably enjoy the melody. Well, we can find out whether there's anything else in it that we can agree with and what we can't agree with from a Christian perspective. So, Right. Yeah. Right. Well, of course, the, uh, the I, don't, I don't want to say danger because that word gets overused and I think and it's not really appropriate, but the, the, there's a possibility that some people in trying to find the lyrics that we do that we do agree with that you start to blur the lines then between uh well scripture and not scripture see what i'm saying right but you get to you can get to well taylor swift says this in her song and here's the thing in the bible so taylor swift and the and and it's like yeah she's that, a christian right right <laughs> so it's and i'm not saying that that would automatically happen but you you start there's a possibility of going that direction where right. you start to justify everything that's in culture because you can find some way to connect it to the scripture and and therefore see it's not bad it's not it's right. not bad to be the master of your own sea because uh, well that was not a good example <laughs> <laughs> go ahead unpack that <laughs> that's a what bit. you get for free for freewheeling um, well we've already been talking this week about how some well, we've been talking for several weeks about how Christians often like to identify themselves as sinners, mm -hmm. but also conversely, this week it, we were reminded that a lot of times Christians like to give the benefit of the doubt to non-believers yes. and just assign them Christian fruit that yes. they don't actually possess. So we're, we're on simultaneously we're downplaying our role as redeemed, you know, downplaying our title or our status as children of God because that sounds arrogant if right. we think too highly of ourselves but yeah. then also at the same time we're like right raising the status we're elevating the yeah. septic swill of atheism People and godlessness who don't, who don't belong to god you know they are we are now trying to go out of our way to like assign them these characteristics like kindness or courage right. well, or, you know. that, it goes back to the finding common ground thing yeah. so try to find common ground with uh with non-believers and the bible says there isn't any but we know a little better you know all of all people want kindness and want to extend kindness and nobody wants to be known so as a bad start guy there. So, you know. let's not start with the status of sinner like the bible does let's just start with what can we compliment these people for? <laughs> Start there. Why not? Where's the common <laughs> what ground? What could go wrong? For sinners. <laughs> Everybody well, wants to love and be loved. Well, okay, let's talk about that. What about what about conversation? What about uh, respectful conversation? Isn't that common ground? Don't don't we want to have respectful and civil conversations? Uh, well, apparently, apparently that's the common ground that people want to start with, and I say okay, but you're going to end up becoming more and more like the sinner that you're determined to find common ground with. So anyway, I don't. what have you been busy doing today, Luke? He's been working on my car, haven't you? I've been diagnosing. Mm -hmm. oh. And uh, the consensus is 
that my transmission is something. In yes, something with the transmission. <laughs> it's a Prius, so the transmission there's, is not from Earth. It's a, <laughs> it's a out of this world. Joe says in his research mm -hmm. that it's a computer issue, and there is a reprogram process mm -hmm. that so, we can do like here, or do we have to take it? Somewhere? No. I, it sounds like an on again, off again, like flip the switch, reboot. Oh, the really? process is just push a button. Did he tell you how to do it, or is he keeping that for himself? No, so he, and then earlier he mentioned about unplugging the battery. I was like, well, the battery was just dead, so that's pretty much the same thing. That's true. Uh, so I don't know. Well, yeah, that doesn't bode well. He's also like a computer guy, and when you're a computer guy, everything looks like a computer. So. <laughs> I when you're a hammer, everything's <laughs> a nail. When you're a computer guy, everything when is... When you're a computer guy, usually... Everything is programming. Yeah. Usually your solution is not unplug it and plug it back in. That's, Actually, that is the solution. That's a non-computer guy That is the solution uh, a lot of times. That huh. You just turn it off and turn it back on again, and it works. Maybe I'm a computer guy. Mm -hmm. I you always, could be. I always thought that was the only thing that I was good for. Plug it in. Unplug it again. Well, it, it is in. it is unbelievable how many times someone will ask, you know, well, did you turn it off and turn it back on again? No, we'll try that. Oh, it worked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought so. I think I might have upset Luke this morning with a... Remember when I asked, though? I asked if you wanted to have your blood pressure <laughs> raised by my, by my post. Because he's not just a car person. He is also a oh, hospital... Yeah. <laughs> hospital guy took me a oh. minute to remember really it must not have been very effective i must not have traumatized i was now. gonna say because he had to think about it he didn't immediately go oh yeah. yes so it takes a lot to raise my blood pressure so you weren't upset about my feathers it? don't ruffle these feathers don't ruffle that's these my colors don't run motto. these feathers don't roll that say. is that is true he is not a person who flies off the handle and becomes demonstrably upset he did say oh my gosh like that. <laughs> well, after she'd been reading like the seventh post from this person, I'm like, okay, that's a bit excessive. Are we talking about the apologist? <laughs> Weird. No, no, we're talking no. about a woman in the hospital. There's a person who complaining about every possible thing. Yeah, a person who's been posting from the hospital to talk about her care, publishing it on Facebook to let everyone know all the reasons why she's unhappy with the service that she's. Do been I know this person? You don't. Okay. No, but Luke and I do, and I was like, as a hospital person, as a medical personnel, that he already has some experience with people like this, so mm -hmm. I thought I could get him. I thought I could irritate him. You thought you him. could stir him up. You thought you could <laughs> ruffle his feathers. But no, those nope. feathers don't ruffle. <laughs> Try again. But my favorite was this morning's post. The reason I shared with him was because this morning, after days of updates, like multiple times a day, for two weeks or more. It's been, well, here's what went wrong, and here's what they did wrong, and they shouldn't have done this, and they should have done that. Well, this morning she says, well, the IV finally got inserted properly, and now they're going to start my medication again, but they don't even know which medication to start because <laughs> they can't talk to the doctor. And she, the nurse called the doctor with the walkie-talkie so she could hear the conversation. The patient could hear the conversation. And she says, the, the nurse asked the doctor, and he said, oh, that patient fired me. So you'll have to ask the other one. She's like, I did not fire that doctor, but that is the reason I got discharged wrongly a few days ago. And I said to Luke, yeah, she didn't fire him. 
She should have, but uh-huh. she didn't. Just complained about him publicly. Yikes. So, anyways, yeah. Yeah, that patient fired me. Yeah, and it, so, what was your comment? My comment to who? That was try- well. You said you made a post, and you were trying to ruffle your loving husband's feathers. I didn't feathers. make a post. Oh. I I just read that. <laughs> I read oh, the okay. updates to my husband who works in a hospital and was like, "Here, feel sorry for this person, yeah. don't no, you?" We we deal with that stuff. Like every day, we have a huddle. Like we go over the patients and we'll like try to discharge them to a nursing home and then it'll be like, oh actually they're blacklisted from that nursing home. It's like, <laughs> okay, well, wait a minute, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, you can you can overstay your welcome and at a nursing you, home. Yeah, yeah, rehab facility. Yeah, if you are, if, if you're that yeah, person, if you're belligerent or mean or really, mm-hmm. I thought I thought a nursing home was the place where all belligerent people no. went to die. I, I think, thought you, they like they had to take you. I yeah, thought the it only was, place by law I think that you, that you ha- that must see you is the ER. ER, but, but not once, inpatient. Once you're yeah. stable, like we can kick you out. They can kick you out. Yeah, yeah. But we have to see you and we have to analyze your complaint and make sure you're safe. But. Well, my commentary to Luke, I didn't make huh. a post, but my that commentary That actually kind of was, was reassuring to me that there's a... There's a limit. That there's limits, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, you, that well, there's, there's not a place on earth where you can go and just be insufferable without limits. But they still have limit. their phones. And so these women, because it's almost always a Karen, these women are on their phones. And what they get then from their friends and their acquaintances on social media is what I was commenting to Luke about. I said, what you need to know is that these women and a lot of them, a lot of the friends who are supporting them or apologizing to them for the terrible suffering they're going through, they think they're Christians. They think they're offering compassion and understanding. And I said to Luke this morning, it's just like the patients who are belligerent or who are opinionated and who are sick and who are not okay. All of that is, yeah, you deal with that. You have to deal with it. But what's making it worse is all the enabling people in the comments who are like, pitying her it's like oh well she's been through a lot she's sick she's suffering she's got you know high blood pressure and sugars all over the place and that's bad and it's like i get that but you guys aren't helping her blood sugar you guys aren't helping her blood pressure when you're down in the comments expressing your condolences to her for her suffering and taking her side over the doctors you're making it worse you're actually fueling a monster feeding a monster right and that's what i want people on facebook to understand or any social media if you are doesn't have to be facebook you can understand that if you're on twitter you're telling yourself oh i have helped this woman today by going and offering her my support or my encouragement or my condolences you have not you have made it worse with your comments because this person's what she needs is yes a doctor who is able to find her veins. That's one thing. She also needs a psychiatrist who can help her deal with her her emotional issues. Like she's got some serious she's not a people person. She's not able to have healthy relationships and that's going to cause her more suffering in the long run than you will ever alleviate by lying to her about how sorry we all feel for her. So that's but that happens a lot. Like it happens a lot that somebody is going through a hard time. They're complaining loudly about it on social media. And then you've got this army of well-wishers who just make the entire thing so much worse. Well, there's no limit to it. That was that, That's sort of why I'm surprised that nursing homes don't have to put up with it. Because that right. was... No, but they that, will that's eventually. The, that is the culture that says when a person is suffering, there's, there's no boundaries to the amount of abuse that they can dish out 
to people around them. Why? Because they're suffering. Right. So you just have to understand their perspective while they just run roughshod over everybody in the vicinity. Um, and you're not allowed to criticize them or to tell them, hey, that's you're over a line now. You're, what you're doing is not, you should stop doing what you're doing. Because right. how you can't say that they've been through. Look at their blood pressure. Look at what their blood pressure is. Right. You're telling me that that person has to control their temper and their attitude when their blood pressure is like that. Right. Well, it, they will get to the point where nursing homes aren't allowed to discharge anyone, and the hospital isn't allowed to discharge anyone. In fact, somebody in the comments of this particular situation was saying to the lady. Don't let them discharge you until your white blood count is at such and such level. <laughs> and it's like, that's the kind of advice they're getting. Well, and if that becomes advice. a thing, then what will happen is it will be impossible to get into the hospital or into a nursing home because their guidelines will be so strict and stringent that they won't, they won't let anybody in. In my five or six years in the ER, there were a handful of times where I had to approach the doc and be like, I'm not comfortable discharging this patient. I don't feel like we've really solved why they came in. Like, I feel like they're just going to come right back. Um, but most of the time it's not an issue. It's usually the patient doesn't want to leave because they were in for a, sp they had a specific idea of what they wanted and they didn't get the diagnosis they wanted or the meds right. they wanted. Um, but it's hard. It's hard because we even do customer satisfaction surveys for these uh -huh. ER patients, which uh. I don't like that. <laughs> like they put a lot of stock into yeah. what those responses are. Yeah, but it's, I feel like that's... We had we had a, a conversation a long time ago at church, and somebody wanted Al to put up a suggestion box. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he was in favor. I, I will never He was forget. amenable to that. So we were at, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, you can imagine how amenable he was to that. And so we went out to Denny's, and we laughed about it behind these people's uh. backs. And I said, uh, the, the only problem with the suggestion box is people will use it. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> If you if you worded the cards as you know what's your suggestion and what are the verses that support it, uh, <laughs> then right. maybe suggestions uh, for biblical improvements. No, that would be awful too. <laughs> that would be a train wreck. Also, then they'd feel justified in yep. whatever loony complaint they had. Uh, well, that's a different that's a different thing. Um, but you were talking about. Uh, Christians who have this attitude that we are, that you're serving people. The reason that we're doing this is because we have a servant's heart and we're serving right. people. And we had a, a brief conversation about the difference between um, a servant's heart and a people pleaser and how those things get overlapped in Christendom. Yeah. Um, didn't yeah. we? Well, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> well, I was like, you I was looking at that. both of you, and you're both just nodding at yeah. me. You did that church today, too, when the, you were trying to introduce the missionary, and you were like, well, I think what we got here is a missionary from such and such organization. And then he just looked at him. <laughs> I thought when he heard his name, he'd start getting up and coming forward. He did and then, not. And, and then, then he said, goes, oh, is this, is it time? Are you ready for us? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I am. And and it's it's a fair point. I didn't actually <laughs> say, come on up now. I Jump just on of, in here anytime. Yeah, I just he doesn't sort of say. started talking about him. And part of that is because I'm used to, because I have a history of doing stand-up comedy. I don't know if you knew that. Right. <laughs> but when they, start, when they start saying, 
you know, tonight our speaker or our guest is a comedian. He's blah, blah. When I start hearing my intro, I start moving forward because I know that it's almost time for me to go on stage. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying that's correct. Is I'm it just time saying for that's me to I go do. on stage? Because I don't even know what we're talking about. There have been we're so talking many about discussions. About service versus people pleasing. We're talking about people having a servant's heart and doing the things that they do because they are... Uh, it, it's connected to what we've been talking about for weeks now that you've got a, uh, a, a group of people who are doing doing this humble thing um, in an effort to accommodate either non-believers or weaker Christians or uh, they're, they're trying to accommodate somebody who is... Um, wrong for lack of a better term they've got mm-hmm. something something that's incorrect it doesn't have to be a major you know theological issue that's sending their soul into the abyss but it's just a it's a it's a matter of there's something something going on that's going to create potentially some friction or some uh, criticism some misunderstanding some argument something like that and so the the well-meaning christian says well we're going to uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a concession to that person because I have a I want to be a servant to them. I want to I'm going to I'm going to make a sacrifice. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a conversation either. It can be a thing that you do. This is a thing I'm doing for this person because I have a servant's heart. And the, would, would, the you conversation, lump, would you lump in people who continue to say yes to things that take them out of the home and then their family is suffering from their absence because they keep saying yes to ministerial stuff. It could be that. Specifically, we were talking about uh, we were talking about comedians. Um, we were talking about Christian entertainers mm-hmm. who... Um, well, before that, I brought up Misty Winkler. That was what... I was trying to figure out where the thread started. And you said Misty Winkler is the woman that we... He's the role model we need I today. Did. I said... Misty Winkler is the, the person for us today. Well, specifically fe- females, yeah. women. I said she is the mentor to women that we need for right now. She is not the hero we deserve, but she is the hero we need. She... I'm on her mailing list. She mostly talks... Does she call it the weekly Winkler? She does not. Oh. It's not even, it's more than weekly. It oh. would be several times weekly. But, um, weekly Winkler. She mostly, <laughs> I'm so glad that that was, that relevant thing was brought up. That just <laughs> popped in your head, didn't it? it did. These things just well, come to you. It's along the lines of the Tuesdays with Taylor. I was like, here's the, here's the Christian equivalent. Wednesdays, Winkler. I don't know. Well, she mostly, I mean, she's a, she's a dedicated Christian and everything comes back to Christ. But, but, like, practically, she gives more hands-on, like, real-world advice than I've heard from probably anyone else for a long, long time. She mostly talks about planning and um, how to get your home organized, how to be the CEO at home. What you like about her, what you said to us, is that she she takes personal responsibility for stuff. It's never, here's what's going on. Here's what society is doing. Here's what the church is doing. Here's what my husband is doing. It's always, this is what I am doing or what I need to do. That's unusual when it comes to women's ministries. But like when she is going to offer criticism, 
when she is going to say, here's a thing where we may be weak, where some of us may be struggling and where probably all of us have struggled at different times, she doesn't soften that by saying, and it's because we're the victims of this circumstance right. or that circumstance. It's right. not because our husbands, it's not because of our churches, it's not because of society. It's because we are ultimately still struggling with our own flesh. We still live in flesh. And here's one area where maybe our flesh kind of rears its ugly head. Right. So, But it's mostly about house and home management. It's, it's about homeschooling, rearing children, cooking, cleaning, and getting all of that stuff um, done in a timely manner to the glory of God. So that's so, primarily well, so what, what she did does. she say? Well, that what got she said was um, she was talking about the Bible says that we're to have the mind of Christ who came not to be served, but to serve. We are to imitate him and be servants, but sometimes we can get this twisted in our minds and in our applications. The real question, if we are servants, is who is the master? When we realize we're serving God, we can finally stop being people pleasers and mislabeling that as a servant's heart. And I said, um, she's telling women, this was my commentary, she's telling women that people-pleasing isn't the same as being Christ-like. And this is timely. This is something that we don't hear very often, but that distinction is important. It's a bit nuanced. We don't hear it very often for that reason because it takes some critical thought and some introspection and some honesty. Right. but I said, like you, one of the things that you said, Dad, was people don't want to have to have that conversation with women in a lot of cases because they're afraid of the, they're afraid of the fallout. Like they don't want to upset somebody. But what I said was honestly, when it comes to hands-on practical application for how to be a servant without accidentally crossing into people pleasing, most women I think would be relieved by the message. Like that's been I think Misty's experience. It seems like her ministry is pretty. pretty well thriving right now. Um, And I don't think she's a controversial figure. I don't think there's a lot of websites out there dedicated to why she's just this, you know, I think she limits her speaking to believers. She does. She's not out there trying to. Yeah, I was just going to suggest that, that perhaps the reason that she's not getting a lot of controversy is because the progressive trolls haven't haven't found haven't her yet. Found her. Well, but there's there's still not a lot to complain about because she. Are opens... you kidding me? Did she she would be categorized as a as a victim. She she would be she would be categorized as a victim of spiritual abuse, and she doesn't even know it. She's she's got a. Well, she they could try, but again, her entire her. Anytime you try to contain womanhood to the home, it, there's going to be outrage. Right, but the people who are doing it are the women themselves. There's no men involved in the convivial, uh, in the writing of her book, in the convivial circle, which is her inner group of people who do workshops with her weekly and things like that. They come in as a community and they have message boards and they have, you know, workshops and things that they go through together. Winkler workshops. Mm. And they are all women who are te- who are giving their testimony that, hey. Winkler women. This has helped me. Winkheads. Winkheads. <laughs> they so just, they when, have to make it more when, interesting for themselves. They just can't hang on. When it's does a person, when does a person cross over from serving God to being a people pleaser? That's the, and I know that we're not going to be able to nail it down to a always. It's always this and never that. But but the concept of being a people pleaser. And, and identifying as someone who's serving God, 
is like you said, it's timely and it's important and it is somewhat, uh, I would say it, it's, it's not obviously, I mean, it's not obvious every day. Mandy and I are serving God and serving our children in ways that they are not pleased by. Like, you know what I mean? It's when we are educating and enforcing rules and teaching them how to be self-sufficient and disciplined. Like that's, it right. takes out of us. It's service, but it's also not pleasing well, anybody takes, but God. It right. takes out of us when right. we're serving, which I think is what a lot of people think the mark of good service is if you're tired at the end of the day. And that's actually not a great marker. Just because you're tired at the end of the day does not necessarily mean you did a good job serving God. Right. The question is, when you make a decision right. like, I'm going to do this thing, X, Y, Z, in service to God. After you've made that decision and done the thing, do you change your mind about whether or not it was in fact to serve God after you see the result from your human uh, relations from from your children. Your children are unhappy, so now you start doubting whether you actually did it for God or not. Right. Your or husband the, is, you know, the people at disgruntled the ER. after work. So now it's like, oh no, I must have done it wrong. Right. The people at the church. Right. The people, whoever, whoever it was, you were serving. Right. Your patient is your posting about you on Facebook and saying she doesn't like the way that she's been treated. Right. Are you now suddenly having a faith crisis and doubting your own motives that you were? fairly certain about before and were you were going going with peace originally but now suddenly that peace has been robbed from you because the people in your life aren't happy right that is people pleasing right right if you're not if you're actually doing it for god and and you are you have a peace about that and you're certain about that then it really doesn't matter what the people say around you um, and kinda, if they're disappointed or critical, then that then and it gives you pause. You're right. Then you weren't doing it for the person. But the converse is also true. If if you're saying uh, if you're doing something for God and the people are not happy about it, and the people are are hypercritical and they're arguing with you and they're telling you things like you're driving people away from Jesus. Um, if that also gives you pause and makes you go, oh, maybe I should reconsider what I'm doing. Well, then that's the same problem. You're not you're trying to be a people pleaser, and you're not you're not pleasing God. One of the things I've been hearing a lot lately through different channels, and even from things Mandy has heard or read, was that you you focus on the input, not the outcome, because uh, that's what you actually have control over. Um, and if you can find the joy in the work itself, and not have to, you know, rely on getting the outcome to define you know, your happiness, that that's that's the goal. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, well, that's that's really true and very hard to detect because we have, especially in Christendom, the success, quote-unquote, of a ministry is based on how many people approve right. of it. Right, right. Um, and how many people are applauding us, how many people are buying our books, how many people are attending our services. Um, that is the mark of whether or not it is well, correct that- and whether they're serving God or not. And it's it's absolutely serving people that reality that fact that christians struggle with people pleasing and that the christian church struggles with judging a ministry based on how pleased people are by it Mm -hmm. that is a source of huge anxiety for most women Uh, not not me so much as it used to be not i am kind of a a strange bird who's like hey i got called a she devil this week i'm feeling really good about it (laughs) 
because and I we're practiced. Not, we're not talking about being called a she devil just once. It no. was it was <laughs> and repeated a accusations. <laughs> a witch and a few other things. But it took a practice for me to go, tree. wait a minute, what's true here? Who's saying it? You know, what does God say? Like all of that. And I've trained myself to not fall apart just because somebody's unhappy. But there are a lot of women who have grown up in church. They've grown up in church. And so they already just kind of know from instinct, if I upset this person here, I will not have the support of my brothers and sisters in Christ. If I upset that person, I'm going to be blamed for not being Christ-like. And I'm going to be encouraged to repent Purely not because the person actually was sinned against by me, not because the person has a right to be upset with me, but because that person just simply is unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I was the person that they are pointing to as the, as the, as cause, the cause of, of the that unhappiness. unhappiness. So, right. And I know that I cannot trust my brothers and sisters to judge this situation righteously. So I need to keep this person happy. It's like when parents go out in public and they've got a kid screaming and they're super self-conscious about it. I am never self-conscious if my kid is screaming in public because I know how to deal with it. It's like, it's not me, it's you. We need to <laughs> we need to have this sorted out. It is my responsibility to manage the, the temper fit. But I also don't care if somebody else is thinking to themselves, oh, there's a mother who doesn't know how to handle their kid. It's not true. But right. there are a lot of right. people who feel self-conscious out in public when their kid is misbehaving because they think it's automatically going to be be reflecting it's badly going to reflect bad on, them. on them. That's people pleasing. Yes. That's that's being concerned with what other people think Thank and whether you. or not they're happy with your performance. Yes. I remember one flight where we were the family with the crying baby for the entire flight, and I was pretty self conscious about that one. We had it too with, yeah. with Andrew. I and was it never is stressful. Like that situation, it was it was Colin. He had recently been weaned of nursing, so I didn't have that as an option. He didn't want the pacifier. He was really really unhappy. Um, but I, that through that whole time, I didn't like the situation. I, it was actually miserable. We had been traveling all day. It was a very late flight. He was exhausted. He screamed the whole time. I was not thinking to myself, oh, I feel so sorry for these other people on the plane. Right. <laughs> like, right. If I'm honest. You were not trying to please people. No, it wasn't. I wasn't concerned about what they thought of me. It's like, I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure I'm doing everything in my power to fix this situation yeah. and I can't. So yeah. We're all in the same plane together. We had a guy stand up. <laughs> Andrew was, it was a fairly long flight out to somewhere, Oklahoma maybe. And uh, Andrew was just shrieking. He didn't shriek the whole time, but he, he had a couple of sessions where it was 10 minutes of just shrieking. And 10 minutes feels like an hour, you know, on a plane. So he did that. And by the time the plane landed, the guy who was sitting in front of us, I could tell that he was mad because he kept looking over his shoulder. And he, uh, at one point, the plane was had landed. Andrew had fallen asleep. Um, the guy, the seatbelt light comes off. The guy stands up, turns around, and just stares at me. Just locks eyes with me and just stares at me. And, and I looked back at him, and I put my hand up like, yeah. And he just kept staring. And I finally said, what? And then he got his bag and he went off the plane. He showed you. Yeah. Like, what do you, and it was like, and I was, I was mad now. It's like, did you think that we were enjoying ourselves back here? Did you think that this is some sort of a game that we play as a family? Nobody was happy about this and sort of stand up and glare at me like I'm go- like you're going to teach me some sort of a lesson or communicate that you were unhappy. I get it. No one enjoyed that, any of it. 
So I think it's the plane. Move along. I think we have coach and we have business. They should have baby class where it's the soundproof thing. And then the front of the plane is where you have people with babies. Oh, can you imagine how upset mothers like a cry room in a church if we, we shove them off in a in a special quarantine place away from the rest of civilized society? I mean, that's what cry rooms are for. Yeah. yeah, I don't necessarily think that I want to be in a room with a bunch of parents whose kids are screaming. If mine are not, and you put mm. the you put the parents. Well, and if your kid does in scream, that room, you get escorted to baby class. It's That's back behind plastic, and then they slowly reduce the amount of oxygen <laughs> in that area <laughs> so that everybody goes to sleep. Well, I think that we are worried about what women might, how women might respond to this message unnecessarily. Because I think that if women are taught about people-pleasing versus Christ-serving, that it would actually be a relief and a burden a lifted. Well, I said that I don't tabby. think it's just women that are that are affected by it. I think there's a lot of men. Well, that are, there's a difference though, because the men, because the men, if they start internalizing this idea of what what servant leadership actually looks like, they are going to tick off some people. Because, like Luke said, if men are involved, they're going to be accused of abuse. They're going to be accused of patriarchal you know, oppression, they're going to be there. If they stand up and actually start serving people and not caring about the screams and the cries, the screams and cries are going to get louder and serving louder. People are serving God. Serving. If they care about both, like if you're serving God and you're serving people, you're going to be doing things that like Luke said, are still upsetting their or not pleasing their flesh, but you are serving them. Right, right, right. Well, and but yeah, you serve you serve God by serving people. That was the thing that Correct. Uh, but, uh, but that's what we're you, talking about. There's a line between serving God and then being a people pleaser. Right. So, but there's but serving and pleasing people are two different things. I, right, exactly. So if you're going to serve people, and I mean actually serve them and stop pleasing them, well, those unpleased people are going to make a bunch of noise. Right. So the men who are going to internalize this message are in for some unpleasantness, um, especially if they're... Buckle up, yeah. gentlemen! But if you're giving the message to the women the way that Misty Winkler is, I generally and genuinely think that, that it's going to be pretty well-received at first because there's a lot of people who yeah, they're are... Not, it's not mutually exclusive things. Like, you can serve people and they're pleased by it. It's not... You can. Yeah. You can, but I'm thinking of Tabby. I'm thinking of my sister when she was in college and didn't know how to tell certain people who were getting too close, hey, back off a little bit. I don't, you know, I don't really want to have a relationship with you. And the, that person was like, why do you got to be so mean? I just want to be a friend, you know? And it's like for a person who is who's not very clear on the difference between serving God and pleasing people, right. that's a real conflict. Right. It's if a you don't, real problem. You know, if you don't stop and think about it for a second and go, hey, wait a minute, God would not be a creeper. God right. would not God would not force a particular thing upon me. Right. Um, yeah. God does not require me to spend time drinking coffee and talking to this individual. Right. I am not required by God's law to be a friend the way that this guy is. And he would call, he would text her or call her and be like, we haven't seen each other in a while. What gives? 
And it's and like she's like, well, we're not in a relationship, right? She's, I have <laughs> a boyfriend, not, and it's not you. I have a fiance, but yeah. she, but like she didn't know that it was okay for a Christian to say that because he was saying things like, "I thought that Jesus was a servant. I thought that Jesus, you know." Oh, it's so manipulative. Yeah, I thought that Jesus wanted you so to be friends. Bad. I have. What have I done? I haven't slapped you. I haven't spit on you. Yeah. All I've done is just ask for a little coffee. Is a coffee a sin? Yeah. Is it? Is it so wrong? Is it so much to ask to just have a little right. conversation and coffee with a? So there are friend? women who are being taken advantage of, and men too. Which was to your point, they're being taken advantage of. But you know, when you learn to stop pleasing them, they're not going to get easier to deal with necessarily. They they will just. They will potentially get loud, and then what really? And they will call you a she devil. Yes. Or a he devil if you're a man. If you're Luke, I don't feel like pronouns are necessary. (laughs) I don't either. I was I was musing about what the difference would that be a devil with a purse? Is that a she devil? But a devil. Why isn't it a deviless or deviless? Yeah, deviless. Deviless. I don't know. But that is what most women. And people who are people pleasers are the most afraid of. They're afraid not because they're, they're not, being told they're afraid of being told that they're not serving God. Yes, but more than that, they're afraid that when they get told that by their stalker, that they will that the other people in the church will agree. Will agree. And that's right. a valid concern. I mean, they're really there really are They some will. There's church, there's a bunch yeah. of people in the church who would side with the stalker. Yeah. Um and if, if you put it like that, they probably would that would give them pause. If you tell but them it's a stalker, But yeah. <laughs> I can personally attest to uh, many, many, many times when I have been on the outs with my Christian brothers and sisters because some godless person was upset with me and they took it upon themselves to come and tell me that I wasn't being very Christ-like mm-hmm. and in my service to this, uh, this pagan person. Right, and the Christians are like, well... Does he have a point? Were you being Christ-like? Right. And it's very rare for somebody to have the confidence to say, yes, I was. When I said to this guy, hey, I don't want to get coffee today. I don't really want to get coffee with you ever. I was being Christ-like. And people are like, how could that possibly be Christ-like? Well, I was telling the truth. Well, I told him. He asked. I thought that I thought that when a person asked a question, I was allowed to say no to that question. Is that not the case? Does Jesus not allow me to say no to what was phrased as an actual question? Because it seems like there's some shady stuff going on here. But yeah, she didn't want to label him a stalker because he had never, she had never actually said, please don't contact me again, (laughs) ever, because she didn't know she was allowed to. (laughs) And so therefore, it was this big crazy web that he was aware of. And and many of the non-Christians are aware of this conundrum. It's like, I'm going to... I'm going to yank you around by your Bible. I'm going to yank you around and force you to behave in a way that I can convince you is somehow scriptural. Well, right. I'm going to yank you around by what you what you think is the Bible. Right. Right. And so if we can get people to figure out this distinction, if we can help them recognize that their job is to serve God, their job is to be right with God, then it becomes a little bit easier to make those decisions on the fly. Cause I couldn't possibly give you every single example of a person who might get upset right. or <laughs> what to do in every situation, but I can give you a principle and the principle is serve God, not people. And if you were serving God happily, peacefully on your way, and the only reason that you're doubting your own motives now is because 
a person, a human being has put a bug in your ear that you're doing something wrong. Well, that's that's a good indication you're people pleasing. And right. and the bug they put in their ear a lot of times is, well, aren't you supposed to be examining your heart? Aren't you supposed to be questioning your own motives sometimes? What's wrong with me asking a question? Didn't like, Jesus wash people's feet? Aren't you Christ-like? Yeah. Well, so you can't take any criticism, huh? I guess you're not somebody who ever repents, huh? And it's like, excuse me, are you Jesus? That's all you have to do. You just ask that person. Well, are you the, Jesus? The question that you've asked multiple times is, is that coming from the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit telling you to do this? Is the Holy Spirit telling you to say that? Are yeah. you suggesting now that the person I should be listening to is you? Because I thought that I thought that we agreed I was supposed to be listening to God. God, is that you? <laughs> you look like a guy in my college. <laughs> well, and and doesn't the doesn't servant uh, doesn't servanthood also apply to you? Right. I mean, aren't aren't you aren't you obligated to serve me in some manner, or is this just a one way street? Seriously. I already know because I have had so many conversations with Tabby, my sister. I already know what her response is to that. As soon as you phrase it that way, uh-huh. she's like, see what makes me any different from him. <laughs> I'm a stalker too. If I start thinking like that, if I start saying that to people, I'm just as, I'm just like him. So if he's sinful, I'm sinful. So he was right all along and I need to repent and I'm doing a horrible job. Well, she's come a long way since then. I think she would <laughs> she, she still has those thoughts. She still has those feelings. <laughs> but it's absolutely true. Oh my gosh. If you're if 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 a person if a person comes at me and it's like you have to be Christ like, John, um, <laughs> then the response would be, Well, yeah, well, so do you. <laughs> and are you being Christ like in your in your assertion that I am a well, they didn't call me a she devil. <laughs> Requiring me to get coffee with you. Yeah, and in my in demanding that I go and spend time talking to, uh, in my case specifically, it's the uh, it's the atheist. It's it's the non-believer who is holding people over the barrel, holding Christians over a barrel. It's like you must, according to according to Jesus, you must have pizza with me. You must engage in conversation. You must address my issues and my doubts and my questions. It is required of you, and it's it's not. That, that is, uh, it's not required of me. But when I do it, when I allow them to demand that I go and have coffee with them, and I demand, I, I bring them on my podcast, and I hand them a microphone so that they can tell me how I'm not serving them properly and what I need to do to reach them for Jesus, all of that, if I'm doing it so that my brothers and sisters will look at me and go, look how he's reaching out to that atheist. Look how open, look how open and kind he is to that person who's not a believer. Well, then I'm people pleasing. Yeah, right. I'm you not have, doing it because God wants me to do it. I'm have, doing it to impress those other church people. You have full permission to apologize for the church, right? But yeah, <laughs> to defend it or. Well, and yeah, I think to your point, not, okay. I think your point right. was if we're going to allow the atheist or the unbeliever to say things like Jesus would do this, that, or the other thing, the correct response is, well, since you brought up Jesus, let's talk about your obligation to him and continuing to rebel against him is not going to fly. Right. We're going to talk about scripture. Right. We're going to talk about the fact that you aren't using it as your own authority. You just want to use it as mine. And right. so that's well, not going to that, happen. That is where it, that's where I automatically go when I know a person is identifying as an atheist. It's right. like, you're going to tell me 
what I need to do because of Jesus, it's like move along. If you're if you're not a follower of Jesus, you don't get to hit me over the head with Jesus. And so. there we have it. 47 minutes in, we just got to what I thought we were going to be talking about today. So, tune in next time, also, Carl. Also, Carl, you know what the secret is to uh, the solution to male loneliness? Oh, uh, yeah. We didn't talk about the solution to male loneliness or anything. Solution to male loneliness, retaking Constantinople. See you next time. <laughs>